Are you pregnant or a new mother steering parenthood? Pregnancy and birth of a baby is a life-changing event, an event which will make you happy, weepy, frustrated, joyous, and exasperated all at once. Hi, welcome to my podcast, Baby Ahoy. I'm your host, birth coach and expert, Chitra Natarajan. I'm a birth enthusiast who loves drinking cups of chai, taking long walks in the woods, and all things interiors in equal measure. I will be talking to an interviewee every other week to discuss birthing experiences, coping with the new role of being a parent, and other valuable topics to help you navigate parenthood. This journey is bumpy, but certainly blissful. Join me from wherever you are for a fun conversation. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is yet another interesting one. I spoke to my dear friend Carol, who was willing to share both her birthing experiences, you know, with me on the podcast so that I could actually bring it to all of you. I just want to sort of mention something. This is a birth story where Carol ended up having an unplanned C-section the first time. And the second time she gave birth vaginally after preparing herself much better with hypnobirthing. So she did a VBAC. But after we finished having this discussion and, you know, recording the episode, Carol wrote to me, about something and I just want to read this out to all of you. She says, "Um, I remember now there's something that I did not mention when we talked. When I was pregnant with my second son Basil, I wanted to be better prepared because I didn't want to have a c-section. One, for practical reasons, not because I was super scared uh, of pain but also failing to give birth vaginally again. With Leopold, my first son, we tried two sessions of pushing in the hospital, but to no avail. The second session of the second attempt to push, I was so exhausted because the labor had been so long. And I remember the nurse standing next to me and telling me, push, 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 like you were taught in class. And it just didn't work for me. She said, have you not learned how to do this? This is what made me feel underprepared and made me feel like a failure. Funny how things come back in memory, Um, in bits and pieces and I think I didn't want to think about it anymore and that's why I didn't mention it when we were having a conversation when we were recording the episode. When I read this it made me very sad that you know somebody actually made someone like Carol who's extremely strong and extremely determined to be able to get what she wanted. Um, She did it with you know with her second birth. Um, to make her feel like a failure. And this is something that happens all around the world, wherever mothers are giving birth, that somehow somebody sort of makes the mother feels that they are less off, their body is somewhat flawed, or they've failed to give birth vaginally, they've failed to push their baby out, they've failed to breastfeed. I think that narrative has to change. This is 2022, and we can't be making mothers feel bad that they did not do something. I just wanted to sort of start this conversation by mentioning what she had written to me. But this is a very, very interesting conversation. It's a lovely conversation. It's a short and sweet episode. So please go ahead, listen to this episode and um, let me know what you think. Carol, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy that you decided to be a part of my uh, my podcast. Um, so in today's podcast, we're going to be talking about you, um, your lovely little family, and how we met, and also your birthing experience. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Chitra. I'm really honored uh, to have been invited to your 
to your podcast. Oh, it's <laughs> such a pleasure to have you. So just to sort of talk about you, Carol, um, you're French, but you're also Madagascan. Could you share a little bit about your Madagascan heritage as well? And, and, and how and when did you move to France? So yes, I was uh, born in Madagascar um, 37 years ago. Um, I stayed there until I was five. Mm-hmm. And then my parents, who were both uh, French and Madagascan, decided to move to France so we could study in, study in France. Right. And so I've lived uh, most of my life in France, actually, most of my uh, childhood in France. But we used to go back to Madagascar every other year for the summer holidays. So that that was nice. And I also had a lot of family in France, Madagascan family. So we we still had this this, um, bond with uh, Madagascar and our culture. Right. Still very... uh, very strong. Do you do you still go back uh, to Madagascar? I do. I haven't been for a while, but I try to go. Yeah, at least every other year. Um, I've been to Madagascar with Thomas, my husband, uh, yeah. two times, I think, and yeah. we also did a huge trip with my friends. Okay. Uh, right after our wedding. Okay. <laughs> to get Just married to there. Just to explore and yeah. Exactly two weeks of uh, traveling to the south of Madagascar and then staying for another week for vacation was amazing. Um, I hope I can go back with the kids. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I was going to ask you that, saying that, you know, have you taken back your kids as well and have they experienced, you know, your, uh, you know, uh, where you come from? Yeah, we've, we've read, we've seen a lot of documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I cook a lot of Madagascan yes. food. So yeah. I know a lot about, about Madagascar, but they, they haven't seen it. They've seen the movies. Right. But it has. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be one day soon yeah. where you can actually take them back home. Absolutely. And um, can you sort of share how you and Thomas met? I can. Yes. <laughs> uh, we met at business school. It was in 2001. Uh, we were actually in the same class, okay. in the German class. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, we were friends for a long time. Okay. And then only the last year of... Uh, of uh, the school we we started dating each other okay wow we've been together ever since okay (laughs) wonderful and was there a point you know organically that the both of you decided to have you know babies and how was that because i know that um you also lived in france but at some point you moved to the u.s can you also sort of share you know what happened then yes we started dating in 2004 and um then we also had to do our master's degree, so we got separated for a year, mm-hmm. and then we reunited in Paris. Okay. And then Thomas got this opportunity to go to uh, the U.S., so it kind of, uh, you know, we always wanted to get married, but then we had this opportunity to go, so we had to get married a bit uh, faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, early on, so that you could yeah, go. So yeah, that, so that I could go and have the visa and everything, and the year was 2012. Okay. And so... 10 years now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's our 10-year anniversary yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, then we moved to the US and we were uh, in New York and we had um, a wonderful time there as a couple without kids. So we decided, were you, you know... Were you in New York City? Yeah, actually, okay. we were living in New Jersey, okay. uh, just across the, the Hudson River. But yeah. I was working in New York in Times Square. Thomas was working in uh, Persephone, New Jersey. Right. But uh, yeah, as a young couple without kids, we just wanted to have fun, you know, in New York. So we had our time there. And then two years after, we decided to have a baby. And it went super fast. (laughs) From the moment we decided, I got pregnant really quickly. 
and then we had uh, Leopold. Yeah. Could you sort of share um, how is that experience for you of being pregnant in the US and how did you navigate that system? Because it's completely different from the system that we have here. Did you go to a hospital straight? Did you see an OBGYN or did you sort of take the midwifery route because not normally um, many people do the midwifery route in the US I mean unless you really want to mm-hmm. um, how was it for you for me so I was one of the first uh, among my group of friends to have a child mm-hmm. and uh, to have a baby and then you know we were in the US and I, I didn't really know how it worked I had a friend who just had a baby a few years back uh, in the same city which mm-hmm. was uh, Hoboken New Jersey and right. she told me about this women's center and it was actually great okay uh, so I got followed by uh, an OBGYN and they said, oh, yeah, the, the, the checkups were, were there. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I just went with the flow. She told me, yeah, you should go there. They are great. I just went. Yeah. And from there, I just did everything they told me to do. <laughs> okay. Okay. And how did um, you and Thomas sort of prepare yourself? Because it's like the first milestone, you know, as a couple, you know, to being pregnant and to sort of navigate, um, you know, all the different systems. I honestly just uh, did what I was told to do because sure. they, they actually, they took great care of, uh, of us mm. and we just had to follow the plan because there, you know, there were the, the, the checkups. And then there was also this course that you had uh, access to. It was uh, four sessions mm-hmm. of all the basics. Um, and then, yeah, they just told me, yeah, you go there, you do this, you do that. So, yeah, beyond the course, I only did that because I felt okay. They're telling um, you what, yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be good. That's four courses. We went to all four of them together with Thomas. And then in the end, we felt like, okay, yeah, I think that's going to be good. I had another friend who told me about this book I don't know to expect when you're expecting expecting. yeah this one (laughs) I read it from uh, cover to cover and that uh, coupled with the the course I thought okay right and could you sort of share what went on with your uh, birthing experience there Um, you know with Leopold's birth Leopold is now seven years old am I right yeah yeah Yeah. so I have to remember because I don't remember everything but I remember at that time it was only Toma and I uh, in the US. I don't, I didn't have family around. So when my uh, surges started, when my labor started, we went to the hospital. It was at the beginning of the afternoon. I was feeling great. We arrived at the hospital, and uh, the lady she looks at me and she says, "Are you in pain?" I was like, "No." And she says, then go back home and come back when you are in pain. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we just took our bags back and we 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 got back home. And then it started getting more intense. And then I, when I arrived at the hospital, so I got there. Uh, what I knew from uh, giving birth and being in labor was that it was going to be painful. Because, mm. you know, even during the birth preparation courses, I really remember that time when they showed us this chart mm. with uh, four uh, emojis, mm. that, smileys, um, mm. one green, one yellow, one orange and one red. Mm. And uh, the, the lady at that time, she told us, yeah, so this is the level of pain that you are going to be in. Mm. So... Uh, so she it was very pain centric, you know. Absolutely. So <laughs> you know, yeah. and the lady at uh, the reception, she said, "Come back when you're in red." I was like, "Okay." okay. So I came back. Um, so it was one of those childbirth education that comes with the hospital. So where they sort of tell yeah. you, you know, certain things that you need to follow in terms of yeah. protocol, and then yeah. For me, there was no other option. I mean, yeah. I didn't even. I, 
I, I don't even know still to, to this day if it's possible to give birth other, uh, in another place than a, a hospital mm. in the US, maybe, mm. I don't know. But I knew I was going to give birth in the hospital and I knew it was going to be painful. So I already knew uh, getting there that I had to arrive at a certain uh, level of dilation. And when I reached that point, I wanted the epidural. Mm. I really wanted it. Like, I, I really hate the hospitals. I don't like pain. I mm. cannot even get a vaccine. I mm. get vaccines, but like, I'm really in stress for two days before the vaccine yeah. because I hate needles. Yeah. But I was so scared that I was more willing to get the epidural with this uh, giant needle in my back than, you know, because to you go so through. Because you're so worried about, yeah. yeah. Rather than to go through all the pain from uh, from the labor and stuff. So I arrived there. Uh, they gave us uh, the room. I got the epidural a few hours into the, the labor. And from there, I just uh, laid uh, on the bed and waiting for the labor to progress until I was until... Uh, uh, 10, 10 centimeters mm -hmm. um, it was very long mm. in total it was 37 hours wow so you were just waiting for something yes, to happen in the hospital exactly mm -hmm. I had the epidural for the longest time I remember they all they also put these things around my calls you know to stimulate Did them you? because yeah. at some point it was too long yeah. wasn't progressing very well the, the doctor was saying that um, the baby was stuck but mm. everything was fine so let's mm. just wait it out mm. I could sleep a little. Mm. Uh, Thomas was there all along. He was watching the playoffs. Everyone <laughs> 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 was having a good time. What I remember is that I was not allowed to, to eat anything. So I was starving. Yeah. Like, I was only allowed to, you know, uh, suck on this little uh, ice. ice chips. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I yeah. was starving. It's just cruel. Yeah, yeah, super cruel. It was super long and uh, I was in bed. I couldn't move. Uh, so I really stuck to bed hmm. um, and then they came uh, after a while uh, telling me that the heart of the baby was uh, starting to drop and that uh, maybe we should consider getting a c-section so uh, I didn't really want that hmm. so I said uh, can we wait it out a little bit more they said yes yes so we waited a bit more and then in the end they came back and they said now I think we need to go and right. I trust the doctors, so yeah. I, yeah. I went, you with, went the, with what they said. I went with the decision, and it went great. Mm. I had a C-section. Then I remember I had the laughing gas. Mm. Um, then I don't remember all the details. I just remember being you brought had the back to gas, the... you know when when they took you for a C-section. Yeah, because they, when they started operating, they uh, I was feeling I was like you're feeling you're feeling what I'm doing, so and they, they could put me yeah, yeah they, so they put okay. me uh, a bit of gas. Okay, yeah, if I remember correctly. Because I think your body was also exposed to the epidural for such a long time, such so at some time. point you know it would just stop working. You know you yeah. might still feel it. Yeah. And then I was brought back to my room, and they uh, they brought uh, so they take the baby you know to clean it, um, and then they bring the baby back to you, and uh, yeah. This is what I remember. And at what point did you decide to have Basil, the second baby? And also, you'd already moved by then to Amsterdam from yeah. uh, from from New Jersey, and that's how we met. And I also remember the conversation that we had on the phone, saying that you know you had a difficult experience the first time, and you wanted to feel a bit more prepared for what is to come. And um, you know, you and Thomas did the the hypnobirthing course. Um, so can you sort of share what went on at that point in time when you decided to have a second one and what sort of you know feelings that you had and why was it important for you to have a different sort of
sort of a birthing experience here? Yes, uh, good question. So uh, when I had Leopold, we stayed uh, in the US for um, a few more months. Uh, I started working again after three months and uh, we were very lucky because uh, Thomas's parents came to live with us for the last three months. And they took care of Leopold and it was amazing because I could go back to, to work with a peace of mind. But the first three months uh, postpartum for, for me were very hard because I was on my own. I had the C-section, so at the beginning, you know, I was uh, really uh, not mobile. So mm. I was really mm. stuck in my uh, apartment and we were living on the, the fifth floor. So with the stairs, it was really difficult. Uh, and then we came back to Europe, to Amsterdam, to move to Amsterdam. And it was great because we were closer uh, to the family. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to have um, several children. So, yeah, it, it came naturally. Uh, right. Honestly, like uh, we, we wanted a second one. We wanted the kids to be close uh, yeah. in age so they can play together. So it was time. Yeah. It was just time. And, and the opportunity to move to Amsterdam was also very exciting at that point in time and not be so far away. It's absolutely. Like to be able to, you know, absolutely. move to Europe. Yeah. It came... Uh, uh, at the exact right time <laughs> yeah. because so how long have you lived now in Amsterdam seven years yeah. yeah okay fantastic at what point did you sort of say that you know no, this time for this pregnancy that I'd like to have a different experience and what pushed you into looking at hypnobirthing and how did you get in touch with me? Yes, the reason why I decided to, to, to look at options is because the first time around I actually felt like I didn't know my options. I felt like, and um, yeah, I did this on purpose. I just decided to go with the flow and not look at, you know, what was possible to help me give birth. And I had, uh, you know, this vision of uh, birth happening like this and it's going to be painful and uh, whatever, whatever. I think it was also more about somebody else telling you that, you know, this is how it will be. Exactly. And as a first-time mother, I understand that you might have just been like, okay, somebody's telling me and giving me this information and I better take it and this is exactly how it's going to be rather than looking at alternatives maybe. Yeah. And when you don't have, uh, you know, when you don't have so many friends around you who've already been through uh, the given birth and who can tell you about how it's going to happen. Yeah, it's already up to you to, to look into it. And when you are, I don't know, when you don't, want, when you're a bit lazy or you just feel like you don't need it, you, you don't do it. But this time around also, I didn't want to have a, another C-section. Honestly, the biggest part of um, my decision to look for ways to prepare and try to avoid to get a C-section fourth floor mm. now still so I didn't want to go through all the you know the difficulties of having to go up and down the stairs um, with the baby and you know I also had Leopold still uh, very young so to take care of him so basically that's the, the reason why I didn't want to have a, a, a c-section the second time yeah I went my my midwives were um, from Amsterdam and you know they gave me access to uh, extra care during the the pregnancy so I did acupuncture and it's my uh, acupuncturist who told me about um, hypnobirthing she, okay. she told me yeah you, maybe you should look into it because uh, it, it could help you I read the book and I was hooked I mean it's yeah. fantastic so this is how it's really like shifted my mindset and from there on I decided you know to really look into hypnobirthing to take the course and to just basically get better prepared for, yeah. for birth. I mean I remember the conversations that we had at the hospital and it could be as hands-off as possible mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this conversation and yeah. uh, you just said I don't want anybody to touch me I just wanted to be as hands-off I'm okay to give birth in the hospital but I definitely don't want a repeat c-section 
So um, I remember that very well. Can you sort of explain what went on on your laboring day with yes. Brazil? Yes, I started having the labor started when we were at home. I prepared very well for my hypno with hypnobirthing. To be honest, yeah. I did all the exercises daily, so I was really well prepared, and it was working very well for me. So I could do the relaxation at home, even when the labor started. I I was still at home, in my bed listening to the rainbow relaxation. Mm. I was feeling great, to be honest. Right. Then, you know, uh, we started counting uh, the contractions and when it was time, we decided to go to the hospital and we arrived there. Yeah. I was already did you go to? Uh, OLVG host. Okay. And when we arrived, uh, I was already six centimeters dilated wow. and I was feeling great. Okay. Um, I had brought my pillow. I had brought my light to have uh, the light dimmed in the room. <laughs> like creating a nice uh, atmosphere for oh, yourself. Oh, it was an amazing, yeah. yeah. I, I, I could, it was so different from what I had in the US with you know the bright light and uh, you know uh, people coming in and out I had asked to be um as um how do you say this not to be interrupted too much um I asked if it was possible to you know to not have um nurses or people coming in and out all the time and they really respected my choice it was amazing uh, I also didn't want to be monitored, to be strapped on. Yeah, yeah. with so, the fetal monitoring. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't have that. They only came a few times to check if everything was all right. And it was. Uh, I could also take a shower. So it was amazing, basically. And it stayed like that for another three hours. Mm-hmm. And were you dilating beyond six centimeters? Actually not. Okay. Uh, that's the thing. So they came after three hours and they told me that I was still at six centimeters. Mm. I was still feeling great, but that it was not progressing. Mm. So that we could wait a little bit more. But then if it did, still didn't progress, then we would have to break uh, the waters mm-hmm. and... Um, and see it from there. Right. Uh, I could have stayed like this for a very long time because I was feeling great. Right. But then when they came back and they said it's still six centimeters, maybe we should speed it up. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Uh, so there was did. consent and you also yes. said, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Yes, it was fine. When they broke the water, uh, things got uh, escalated really quickly. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. In a matter of uh, 30 minutes, the surges like really increased. They peaked mm-hmm. and another 30 minutes and uh, Basile was there. Wow. Super intense. Wow. Do you remember, you know, which birthing position you took when you actually gave birth to Basile? I remember. Yeah. Because I put in my birthing plan that I wanted to stand yeah. um, to, you know, let uh, gravity do the job. Yeah. But then when it was time to push, they was on my back okay. and my bed. Okay. Okay. Mm. And you felt comfortable enough in, you know, to be able to be in that position to give birth. Honestly, at that time, I must say I was really in pain. Mm. And I'm using the word pain because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. super intense. Right. Uh, and I just it, wanted to go as fast as possible. possible. So I was just yeah. complying with everything, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and and also with the water breaking, I think the intensity of these surges mm. have also sort of like increased and peaked to a point where, you know, mm. where you might have just sort of felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I just want this, you know, <laughs> this birth to happen as soon as possible, perhaps. Overall, how many hours were you in labor for the birth of uh, you know, your second one? Oh, I don't remember. It is, I, I never counted, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I just remember Leopoldi was 37 because it seemed so... 37 hours with the first one. Yes. Yeah. Basile, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. 
that's okay <laughs> but from what i see that you know at least you were not in the hospital for a very long no. time in terms of birth no. and did you also stay back in the hospital for a very long time after basil was born and uh, no it was uh, january the beginning of january so it was very cold and uh, basil was a bit cold so we just waited until of the morning okay yeah. okay so you were and it was born home. at uh, it was born at 6 in the morning, morning. okay yeah. fantastic Could you also tell me your... Um... Leopoldi was tough. Um, I remember I wanted to breastfeed. Really, I really wanted to. Because everyone told me, yeah, it's going to be easier with the bottles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had the C-section and I was back in the room and mm. Leopold didn't want to latch on. Um, the nurse who was there for me, we tried. It didn't work. And... <laughs> She had this little bottle of uh, baby formula ready mm. to use. It was so convenient, so we used that. And from then on, uh, it really took a lot of time for me to get my milk to, you know, to, how do come you say through. that? To come yeah. through. Yeah. So it was a lot of pumping and still putting me to the breast, but also, you know, combining with formula. So mm. it was long. And I had been... I have been breastfeeding for six months, mm. so I was still very happy with yeah. that. Yeah. But always using a shield because he didn't want to latch on. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah. I, I remember it was not easy for me to breastfeed uh, Leopold even because uh, in the US, you know, I was not feeling comfortable breastfeeding in public. I always had this cover, you know, that you put around so yeah, no yeah, one yeah. can see. Yeah, yeah. So I was it's like, done. It's what they call it as yeah. discrete breastfeeding. So you sort exactly, of feel, yeah. Exactly. And even like, I only went to a mom's meetup once. Mm. And uh, even then I didn't feel comfortable, you know, um, nursing in front of everyone. So I had to go to the other side of the room. It felt weird, mm. but it was it was also my own decision. I think the, the other moms they wouldn't have uh, mind minded yeah. um, any other way, but uh, didn't feel uh, I don't know not natural, it's not not the world, but I don't know. I didn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For Basil, it went super easy. Very nice. Yeah, yeah from yeah. the get go, and I, he was able to latch on and yeah, absolutely, uh, and then you moved, you transitioned to formula. After. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, with hypnobirthing, you know, you said it's been more than five years, six years yep, ago six since years we met. Almost, yeah. yeah. And then he was saying that, you know, I, you know, it was really tough the first time. And I think that sort of like working together also really helped. You know? um, I really feel like that everyone at the hospital had really respected my choices and following my birth plan only yeah. for the birthing position maybe but other than that i had uh, i had a wonderful time at a wonderful time at the hospital yeah and compared to my experience with uh, leopold i feel like you know Thomas could really find his place like he, he really knew what to do if I you know if I needed a massage or if I needed uh, him to do some things to, to you know relieve the pain because he also had learned so much the first time around with Leopold he was just there he yeah. was there but he didn't know what to do I yeah. mean yeah. he could not get me food because I couldn't eat, eat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just resting And, uh, you know, he didn't know, he just didn't know what to do. Do, yeah. Whereas here it was very involved, Absolutely. you know, for the both of you to be together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he felt like he was really useful with, uh, and he was, uh, with Basil. Yeah, very nice. Um, so I'm going to ask the obvious question. So why do you think hypnobirthing is important that everybody needs to do this course? And I'm extremely partial towards the course because you know why. <laughs> 
I do think that you know if I can offer this course for everybody I would go ahead and do it. I think you know because it just sort of gives you a different sort of a perspective and not just focus on the pain aspect of it rather than just empower you to a different sort of a perspective um to have a good birthing experience, you know. I think um that's where I come from. What do you think? Yeah, exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's exactly the same and you know having the experience of uh, preparing for birth in the US and uh, here in the Netherlands with hypnobirthing, I can say it's two completely different things. I think it's almost like a new paradigm like um mm. not new because it's always been like that, but um when you watch movies or watch when you watch TV and you see a woman giving birth in the hospital is or given birth just in general it's always going to be in the hospital and it's going always going to be someone like yelling and screaming and a lot of tears and a lot of pain which can of course happen of course absolutely of it course. can happen but it can also be very smooth like uh, uh, there are there are as many birthing experiences as there are people you know so it can go very well or it can be a lot more challenging mm. It's just that what I learned with uh, hypnobirthing was that it really, you know, uh, refocused things on the fact that giving birth is something natural, that you're in the right mindset. Things can go really well. I do believe in the power of the the mind mm. over the the body. So I can I can you know I can really think that if you think something and if you have the right mindset. things will go this way or at least you know you know if you can visualize it then maybe it can happen yeah. and i think that just knowing that your body is meant to do the job and that you know you can you know um focus on yourself to really create the good conditions then it can really help with your birthing experience yeah. um it really opened uh, for me um we can maybe you know envision other things whatever whatever right. they want uh, they want to do with it i had the book i read it i am a very uh <laughs> how to say this i don't want to say down to earth or grounded because it kind of uh, you know um have a negative uh, connotation, know, yeah, connotation mm-hmm. compared to a spiritual which is not the case at, at all but <clears throat> you're a very pragmatic person. exactly that's pragmatic that's the word and when i heard of hypnobirthing the name yeah. hypnobirthing I was like oh, i don't think that's for me I read the book and it was totally for me I think it's for everyone and I've shared it with all of my friends who got pregnant uh, after me because I Fantastic. think everyone should read it. I think it's a great course. Um, great. And I remember I recommend everyone to take it. <laughs> it's it's so great. lovely to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And could you also share what happened because you said that you know like get back on your feet because you already had a 2 year old and now with exactly. the same. Yeah. Exactly. How was it for you in terms of recovery? recovery was very fast actually i really wanted to be mobile because i want i want i live in amsterdam i wanted to be able to ride my bike you know bring bring leopold to a uh, to daycare but also continue living my life uh, yeah yeah um and with basil um i decided to carry him around everywhere which was not the case uh, with leopold in the us because i had this massive buggy you know that you carry <laughs> around everywhere this is like, like exactly. this is the, by default this is what you get you know yeah. like you go to the store you go to uh, to the store and uh, you have the choice within <laughs> between yeah, you, these huge uh, yeah. huge strollers and yeah, this is yeah. how you reroll you know and all those contraptions you know it's uh, so huge that it will occupy half of your house i think you know in, in terms of space yeah yeah and here it was not So it was not uh, it was not an option because we live in the Amsterdam uh, 
typical Amsterdam building, so there is no room for that here. Uh, <laughs> and so I decided to carry uh, Basil everywhere. It was ac- actually the, the best decision. So, so with convenient, the baby carrier, exactly. Yeah. And I could carry him around everywhere. I had no stitches from the birth. Recovery was super fast. I was uh, feeling great. Um, yeah. It was fantastic. It's funny because I shared this with my friends. <laughs> Yeah. I had a fantastic second birth. I also had fantastic pregnancies. And uh, one of my friends got pregnant and uh, she had a very difficult pregnancy. And she says, she was like, but you told me it's going to be great. You're like, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. But for that, I got very lucky. And with Basil, my, um, my postpartum was really nice. Yeah, very good to hear that. And with the Kramzog as a service, did you have a good Kramzog? I had a fantastic, yeah. yeah, I had a fantastic Kramzog, a, a French Kramzog. Oh, wow. Nathalie Bertolo. Yeah. She was great. And this time I also had my auntie uh, okay. at home. So, yeah. Very was, nice. It, Somebody who would actually be there for you as well at the same time exactly. and have a Kramzog, yeah. I say it all the time, uh, support really makes a difference. It yeah. really makes on 14. Thomas didn't have a paternity leave, mm. so he went straight back to work. And oh. I was alone at home all day. Yeah. In Amsterdam with Basile, Thomas could stay a bit longer with me. I had my auntie, I had the crams work. It really made a difference. Fantastic. Mm. And then I received a phone call from you in 2020 <laughs> saying that you are really thinking about, you know, starting something like I would call it as birthing your third child, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then we had this this extensive conversation around it. And um, now you've sort of rolled out a lovely platform called Parentally for all expectant families um, to sort of have an extra care, like, you know, help apart from your regular midwives, um, your crumbs org and other services. So can you sort of share what Parentally is about? How did you end up starting one? And where are you in that journey at this point in time? Yes, I'd be happy. So <laughs> like you said, it's almost like my third baby. Um, so Parentally is indeed a platform uh, aimed at uh, all parents, expectant parents or new parents um, or parents of uh, young children uh, to help them find the extra care and support uh, they may need on their pregnancy, on their parenthood journey. So from pregnancy to birth to postpartum and their first years as uh, parents. And so we gather a network of uh, different practitioners um, ranging from doulas to uh, childbirth educators, hypnobirthing instructors, of course, breastfeeding yes. uh, consultants, child sleep coaches, nutritionists, uh, massage therapists, yoga teachers. So basically anything you can do uh, during your pregnancy or just basically on your parenthood journey to help you prepare and also feel better and more confident mm. uh, to start your, um, uh, your, your journey into, into parenthood. Yeah. Um, we started a little less than a year ago, and uh, now there are um, about 70 practitioners listed on Parentally um, and across the, the Netherlands. Fantastic. Uh, that you can contact if you feel like, uh, yeah, you want to prepare or you want to feel better. Um, that's the idea. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for Parentally because I find the platform to be extremely robust. Oh, you know, you. it's a very nice platform where, you know, actually went ahead and you rolled it out. And what I also really like is that it's not a neighborhood. I think that's really nice. Are you thinking about expanding Europe wide? <laughs> Did oh, I put you on a spot? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I would love that. You know, parentally, the idea of parentally is to really to show you the options. Yeah. What your options. Um, it's not because there is a doula on parentally or a hypnobirthing course that it means that you have to take one. It's really about showing you what's out there for you, what's available out there for you. And for you, and to make it easier for you to choose whatever works for you. Of course, I recommend hypnobirthing course because uh, I think it's a great thing. Also, I recommend to have a doula by your side because I think support during uh, pregnancy and especially during sure. birth really matters. But then again, maybe you don't need one or maybe you want a C-section and that's absolutely fine as well. Um, then maybe you'll want a, a massage, a postpartum massage then or something different. Uh, it's really about showing what's um, what exists mm. and so that you can know it's there and if you want to access it then you can easily access it on parentally so i think it's for everyone so sure. worldwide why not why not exactly <laughs> um is there anything that you would like to actually tell the audience about how they can get on the platform so if you are an expectant parent somebody who's pregnant um, how can they actually get on to your platform do they have to register do they have to get like a membership how does it work as a parent um, parentally is free so you just uh, you're free to go to parentally.nl mm-hmm. um, and you're free to browse all the profiles from the different practitioners and see uh, what they have to offer, the types of services, the prices, their availability. And you can also very easily contact them, uh, get in touch. You only need to create, to get in touch, you only need to create an account, but it takes like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And if you are a practitioner, you're also very welcome to join us on the platform. I believe uh, together we are stronger, so the more, the merrier as well. It's quite easy as well. You just create an account and um, then you can create your different listings depending on the types of services you offer. I am there to help you um, in the whole uh, process. Uh, and it's the same for the parents, actually. If you're looking at parentally, but you're not sure what you're looking for, feel free to reach out to me. There is a chat box. Uh, I'm also on WhatsApp. Sure. So I can help uh, yeah. guide you. In- sort of put them on the platform as well. Yes, absolutely. So one of the first requirements is, of course, to be registered with the Chamber of Commerce. And then for the service that you offer for the diplomas. Mm -hmm. So it's really on, you have a page where you can uh, mention the diplomas that you have. And if you mention that you have a certain diploma, then we check that you do indeed have it. Um, That's one of the things that can help us ensure that uh, there is integrity uh, on the platform. Yeah, basically. Carol, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Thank you so much for starting Parentally. I mean, we've known each other for about six years now, and I'm really glad that, you know, we've sort of reconvened back again because of Parentally. Thank you so much, Chitra, for having me. Um, It's always a pleasure to be with you. It's such a pleasure for me as well. The feeling is mutual. (laughs) Um, I'm glad that uh, yes crossed path again and um, that you part on, of parentally and this conversation we had it really really helped me you know to go through with parentally because at that point it was only just an idea and you really encouraged me so I'm so grateful for that thank oh. you very much <laughs> oh you're so kind no I, I I was so thrilled when you actually said that something like this can be a possibility and I was like yes you should do it <laughs> so thank you very very much um, Carol thank you thank you thank you to all of you my lovely listeners for tuning into my podcast I hope you found this episode informative if you really like my podcast then please do subscribe for more such episodes please feel free to share the podcast with your family and friends and this will help others know that this podcast exists thank you once again and see you all next time